What up, everybody? Ryan Rucco, CC Sabathia here. The first episode of 2021. Is Steph Curry really being hated on? Plus, CC has a proclamation about one of the players in the Eastern Conference who he now says definitively takes the crown. We have some advice for baseball, and uh, CC has some hard words for Giants fans. That's all coming up on the latest R2C2. It starts right now. What's up, everybody? We back. R2C2. Another another week in a new year. You were about to say another year, weren't you? I, I was. I was yeah. about to say another year. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess we can say that, too. Yeah. Another year. Another year, man. Another year of R2C2. Happy New Year to you, man. Happy New Year, guys. Yeah, for sure. It was, uh, it was a low-key New Year's this year, but you know what? I think everybody has at least a little juice about just ex- escaping 2020. I Like... Usually when people do the whole like, oh, you know, 1997 was such a great year. I don't want to see it go. I'm just like, well, you know, you could just like continue the next day. Yeah, like, uh, yeah that's what I'm but, saying. Uh, I don't understand. But, like, but, but this year, this year is the first time where I'm like, yes, actually, you know what? We could classify 2020 as a year most of us want to turn the page from and get excited for the next one. I'm cool with that. Uh, this are year. you like a, did you, did you watch like the ball drop? Are you like a big, like, you know, you sit there and Am watch. Am I a big like, ball drop watcher? Yes. Anderson, Anderson funny, Coopers. Yeah, that does sound funny. I definitely wasn't going to say that. <laughs> you weren't going to word it like that. <laughs> I definitely wasn't going to say it like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I I am I I am big on like uh on on watching the the like broadcast you know right before midnight and then and then celebrating that moment and then whatever like I could I could go to bed you know 5 minutes after that and I'd be fine but yeah. I do I do like being up for that moment and I do like watching the broadcast what about you no, I haven't. I don't think I've stayed up for New Year's guys in like fucking ten years. Really, uh, bro? I mean, and if I have, it's like they wake me up right at twelve, and then I like say hi, and then I go back to bed. <laughs> like this year, I think I was asleep by like nine thirty. <laughs> like really? I was out because we were we were we were gone. So I was yeah. on a boat all day, and then yeah. by the time we got back, it was like you know time to go to bed. So well, if I'm on a boat. Uh, I am going to bed early that night. Yeah, like, I was on yeah, the boat yeah. all day. So, yeah. I, you know, like, I don't know. Like, New Year's is not, like, a a big thing to me. Like you said, like, people are always like, ah, you know, yeah. New Year. Like, shut the fuck up. New Year, new me. You're going to be doing the same bullshit in three fucking, three weeks. Your New Year's resolution to be out of the fucking window. I Your don't Instagram hashtag oh, changed after 21 days. Yeah, Get the fuck out of here. I hate it. Uh, it, it is funny. It's th- that's why this year, just because of what, you know, global pandemic basically occupying the whole year. And, you know, even the way like 2020 started with Kobe and everything yeah, like yeah. it did. It, it was the first time I actually felt like, yeah, you know what? Like I, I get classifying this year in a certain way and being like, I can't wait for a new one. But normally yeah. I'm like, yeah, it is 2007 going to be your year. Is it, it like it? <laughs> it it's going to be your year. All right. But, like, then, but yeah. then even like I woke up this morning and I heard the news about Dr. Dre and I'm like, well, it's fucking 2021 going to be the, like, are I we know, continuing man. the same bullshit? So it's like, Ugh. fuck, man. 
I uh, know. No. Universe got to throw us a bone, man. Yeah. Seriously. I, I hopefully uh, Dr. Dre is all right, man. That was scary seeing that, man. That was yeah, really it's crazy. scary. It's oh, crazy. Just, just nuts, man. I, by the way, I, <laughs> I love the way you just described how you wake up at midnight. I usually wake up, man. Just fucking two seconds, like you know what I mean, and then yeah. right back to bed, guys. And, and that's it, man. All right, see, what's your uh, your first slinging heat here for 2021? My first slinging heat for 2021 is a bone to pick with you fucking Giants fans, guys. And I Why know you that? had to be, I know you had to be one of them that's mad at the Eagles for playing <laughs> their fucking third string quarterback in the fourth man. quarter of that game the other night when. S- you guys won six fucking games, guys. If you were 10 and six, you know what I'm saying? And and going into the playoffs, had a chance of going to go into the playoffs, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be sitting here talking shit about you guys. But you won six fucking games. So for the Giants fans and you know, the the coach to be up in arms about the, the Eagles not really trying to win the game and get them into the playoffs, it's bullshit, guys. Like, win more games. Period. Well, here's where. You're right, and I'll tell you where I think you're wrong. You're right in the sense of the Giants have no one to blame but themselves, right? If if Evan Ingram didn't have one of his 4,000 drops in that game against the Eagles, they they would have won. They would have been win- division winners anyway, right? Like, that was one of the many games that they had an excellent chance to win in blue. That was probably the worst. However, I, I will say where I think it's not just Giants fans, but I think some of the Eagles players and we're football fans are upset and rightfully so is that was an egregious act of tanking. It's one it thing. It don't matter. Yeah, but dude, you have you have you have Jalen Hurts on the field, right? Jalen Hurts trying to prove himself. Jalen Hurts, you know he was pissed that he got taken out of that game. John Boy has already done a breakdown of him being pissed on the sidelines. <laughs> like, are you telling, like, these guys, dude, you can't do Yo. something like that mid-game. That is that is disgracing the nature of competition. No, but I, but I think I think if if they did it to not let the Giants get into the playoffs is one thing, but they did it to help their draft status. So, But they, that is what a, tanking does. Yeah, they got a higher draft pick, so the shit worked out. It, I mean, I'm not mad at them at all. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, this is how I look at, at tanking stuff all the time, right? I'm like, okay, if there are certain decisions you're making as an organization where you're like, I'm better off playing this guy versus this guy because I want to see what he has. Nah, because sometimes you just got to tank mid-fucking game. Nobody like does Jets, that, man. The Nobody Jets does did it. that shit all year. Well, what do you t- mean t- they did that all year? The, the Jets did this shit all year until they actually fucking... Couldn't until they actually just no, like until, until they, what they were so good they, they started ran winning into games. A win, cause <laughs> like that game, that Monday night game where Flacco just fucking dropped back and basically threw an interception on purpose. The Raiders game when they fucking blitz everybody the last and then play they, of the but game. They, but then they fired like, Greg Williams over that. They huh? fired him. They fired they, Greg Williams well, they over had that. To fire somebody because they had to make it look like they were they were trying <laughs> to win, cause but they were not. They were taking games during the game, cause. But the Jets know, did the same shit. But but you know what I will say? Like, I I don't I, I believe in doing things organizationally if you think, look, this is in our best interest for the next 20 years, like whatever. So if play, they would have started that guy, would you have been pissed? If they would have started him, not play Jalen Hurts at all. I, I'll tell you why I still would have been pissed. Because Jalen Hurts is not some 
proven veteran. This is a young dude who's getting reps trying to learn in these situations. Are you telling me there's not value yeah, okay, to so Jalen Hurts winning, going through a fourth quarter situation in a game that matters? What if he tears his ACL in that in that game when in the game that don't matter to him, and now he's out for the whole next year? But so it you did, get like he, you, but it, it did, did matter. matter to him. To him, not it to, mattered. Not he, really. Him, but he not, cared. He cared. He wanted to be on the field. Why? Because John Boy said so. No, because <laughs> you could you could see him mouthing, and then you had other Eagles. Oh. You had. You had Miles Sanders say so, that so they were all upset. So if he gets hurt in the fourth quarter of that game and now he can't play next year, now what? You know what I'm no, saying? No. I'm like, I, I agree, but... I don't but, think anybody should have played. I don't think nobody, no starter should have played for the Eagles. But here's the thing. The Eagles, first of all, football is a little different, right? Because there's so few games that I really do think there's some greater level of satisfaction that each player takes in each win, even if you've had a crappy season. Like, you win that game, there's something you take away from it. I also would say this, to go back to the Jalen Hurts and the experience for him standpoint, okay? You are playing in a in a bad NFL season, all of a sudden you're presented with a game that matters. That is a significant trinket for a team to try and take advantage of. And I think back to Eli Manning. Eli Manning's rookie season, okay? Giants weren't playing for anything, but they go down in a game against the Cowboys last week of the season. Eli leads this, you know, game-winning drive, and it ended up being sort of one of those foundational pieces of confidence for him, for the fan base in him, for his teammates in him. And I think it was a significant building block to his growth moving forward for what he was able to do down the road, especially in late-game situations. Jalen Hurts was totally robbed of that opportunity in the fourth quarter of a game that mattered. One fucking drive in a game in his rookie season ain't going ain't gonna to define his career. It's not going to define it, but it can't help give him confidence? It can help, sure, but it ain't going to hurt him either that he didn't get it. Like, All it right. is what it is. I'll concede that it's not ultimately going to define him and it, and it may not hurt him. But is it not a missed opportunity for a young quarterback to be in a big spot and learn? Nah, I, I honestly don't it, don't. it didn't bother me that much because on the flip side of that, if he gets hurt and he's out there and he gets hurt, then now you're stuck with Carson Wentz again. You know what I'm saying? Where, where everybody knows that that ship is sailed. He don't want to be there. But he could have gotten hurt the first three quarters too. Yeah, but he didn't. So now you get him out of there. Now, now you get him out of there. Okay, now, but, but let me ask you this. Honestly, do you think, that they that Doug Peterson was getting Jalen Hurts out of there because he was afraid he was going to get hurt. No, I think he was taking a goddamn game. Exactly, to, that's yeah, what I'm saying. To, but, to help his team, but but and, to me, and not give a damn about the Giants. So, but, <laughs> but to me, that is like doing. He something. was trying to get a better draft pick, so I, that could that could help that 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 draft pick. We we don't know what it's going to be. That could help Jalen Hurts in the future too. But you know what, I. To me, that is so disgracing the spirit of competition that I can't accept it. In the middle of the game to do that, like, see, that would be like if you are, you're, you're throwing, you know, a, a shutout in a big game. And I mean, maybe this isn't a great comp because Jalen Hurts wasn't, you know, playing at the equivalent of you pitching a shutout. But I'm just saying, if you were in a game that matters overall in the league and you're pitching great, you're not going to be happy if they take you out. 
you're going to be like, whoa, I want to win this game. Like, I, I, like the competitor in you is not going to be happy because when you step on that field that day, you want to win, don't you? Yeah, but at the same time, uh, like, I, I'm not going to really give a shit either. Like, I, I don't think Jalen Hurts gives two shits. Like, I, I ain't seen John Boy's breakdown of, of this I think whole he was thing. upset. But I don't think I don't really think he gives two shits. Like you, to, to be honest, I heard what the running back said, and you know nobody understood what what Doug Peterson was doing. But if you if you hear what Doug Peterson said, he he said this guy was going to get snaps before before Sunday. So he everybody knew that this guy was going to play. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, people got to try to save face and make it look like you know they weren't trying to tank it and not make it look bad. But it is what it is, and 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 I think I honestly think. That, that I would have did the same shit to help my draft, to help my team and try to get a higher draft pick. You would have done it mid-game or you just wouldn't have played? I would have did it whenever I wanted to. And, and if it was mid-game, it would have been mid-game. If mid-fucking drive in the fourth quarter, going down the score, I'm going to take Jalen Hurts out, I might take him out. It is what it is. It's my fucking football team. Joe Judge, win more than six games, guys, before you start coming at me. And by the way, Doug Peterson's won the Super Bowl three years ago. So they got shit right. They, they got, they, he, they got shit figured out pretty good down there in Philly. He's won the Super Bowl, but I'm telling you right now, the sports gods, they don't look kindly upon what Doug Peterson did. They don't. So I... That's, I, that's, you, that's you being a Philly hater, guys. No, 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 no. Look, I, I, I will say... I find the uh, demeanor of Philly fans challenging at times. There you but, go. That, but, that's you being a but, hater right there. I don't, I don't even think Eagles fans love that move, man. Like, I think, like, dude, here's the thing. It, once you're in the game like that, like, I mean, them going for it on fourth and goal from the eight instead that's of kicking a game. They were trying to goal. lose the game, Ken. Yeah, and that, <laughs> to me, to me, to me, that's a disgrace. To me, that's a disgrace. <laughs> if you are gonna, if you are gonna do things where you're like, "Hey, I'm not playing Bro, this Jets guy." The Jets did that shit all year. Go watch a Jets game. Go back and watch one film for if, like one game. They fucking they were doing the same type of shit all year. But then they ended up winning two games that cost them the fir- the first pick. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> but they ended up winning two games then. It's, yeah, by on fucking accident, guys. Like they. And then they had to go out and try to win after that, after they've already won. Like I, I'm just saying, here's my general philosophy. This, uh, this is what I'm saying. The Jets could have won five or six games is what I'm saying. You you the really Jets, think so? Absolutely, guys. Absolutely. A, I don't know if they they weren't good enough to win Bro, five they or six They could have won five games, guys, I'm telling you. They I easily could have They easily could have won that fucking Raider game. They should have well, won that I, Monday night game. The, That's four wins right there. The Raider game, I'll give you. I don't know if I'm giving you any other. Because that Monday night game, because they they were in control of that. Flacco but, was on fire until he dropped back and he just threw a fucking ball down, right down the middle of the field, like uh, basically a punt. I'm going to say this. like, I think that in general, you know, the NFL, the NFL is the best at creating competitive balance, right? Like you and, and their sport, not being reliant upon big market teams. Like, they have built the perfect model for, you know, competitive balance and getting as many um, markets as interesting as possible. Like, if the Buffalo Bills are in the Super Bowl, you're going to be just as into that as you would be if a big market team was in yeah, there, right? Yeah, Tennessee like, makes it to the Super Bowl. It, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're yeah. Still, which is amazing, which is, which is a credit to the sport and the way they've built it. But what I would say is, I, 
you know, so I don't think they've had problems with their draft, right, in the way they do things, because that's part of why they have their competitive balance. But if you start seeing people doing things like this, where, you know, one game can play such a big role in the standings because of it being such a short season, if you start having more overt examples of in-game tanking, not like, oh, we're going to play the young guy tanking, but in-game tanking, you may have to start thinking about how you allocate your draft picks. Lottery. to me... Yeah, you might have to have a lottery because to me that's bad. That is bad for the sport to have a game on Sunday Night Football where a team. Well, is that game should have been on Sunday Night Football anyway. Well, but they they choose the one game that they know is going to have playoff implication when when it's played, right? Like the problem with the other games is if certain things had happened and then you have let's say Tennessee on, it may not it they may not mattered. be playing for anything, right? Yeah, exactly. But. You know, so but. That's what I'm saying, man. Like I, to me, in-game stuff like that, not cool. You want to do some things with your roster or whatever before, or like sitting guys ahead of time because we want to Carson take a Wentz, look at people. Carson Wentz was set ahead of time. Like nobody <laughs> even said nothing about that. Well, He's because a hundred million dollar quarterback, He's sitting on the bench, guys. But because Jalen Hurts became a viable option, right? Like based on Wentz's play. Well, we were trying to see if this Nick Sheffield because Wentz is out. You know what I'm saying? We got to see if this guy's the backup, guys. We yeah, is that what we got to see? He might be the backup. Is that what we got to see? Yeah, yeah, that's what we got to see. This guy, we got to yeah. see if this guy's our backup or not. You know what? I'm just saying, when when the Eagles don't win again for 20 years, you're going to know why, man. It's going to be this decision. Or until Doug Peterson's gone, Carm, the football the football gods, they they <laughs> they don't like things like this, man. They don't like things like this. They you really sound don't. like a trash <laughs> Giants fan, guys. <laughs> they, they don't like things like this. They don't. No, oh, I mean, I look, look, from my perspective, right, I could also argue that it helps the Giants because the Giants end up with a better draft pick and they were just going to get wiped by the Buccaneers anyway, right? So it's not that. It's For me, it's more, I mean, yes, it was disappointing from a Giants perspective, but it was more so just like, ugh, it just made me feel gross about competition. Yeah, and then what's the name running off the field talking about I'm ready for Tom Brady? Like, bro, what you talking about, guys? These guys yeah. just let, literally let you win the game. <laughs> you talk, running off the field talking about you want Tom Brady? Get the fuck out of here. And I love Chase Young. He's a fucking animal. But, guys, come on, bro. Like, You remember when, when Strahan set the sack record and Favre just, like, let him Fell have down. it. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, ugh. you know, it was just like, it was a little bit like, and I, by the way, I, I was a, and I, and he's a friend of the show, diehard Strahan fan, like obsessed with Michael Strahan. So I, at the time, was like just happy he got the record, but you're like, oh man, like, like that, you know, like, you know, like make me earn it. It's like, you know, when you're playing, like you, you're playing yard football growing up, and there's like a dispute or basketball and there's like a dispute about a call and the guy says like you fouled me or whatever and you're like Shoot for no it. I no I didn't or whatever no but then eventually you're just like you know what no 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 take the foul I'm going to beat you anyway take the foul like cuz you don't want a disputed win you know what I mean like yeah. you want you want that's my thing it's like you don't want like this feeling of like ugh did we earn it uh, you want the feeling of what the giants did week 17 the year they won Super Bowl 42, where they had nothing to play for, but they thought in the spirit of the game, they had to try and keep the Patriots from, you know, going undefeated. And the Patriots earned that week 17 win. That's what you want. That's what I'm that's what I'm subscribing to. Well, hey, the Eagles are subscribing by they playing by a different playbook. <laughs> and they, they want a higher draft pick. And they, and they had to see if they needed if they if they had a backup. 
what you got next for uh for slinging heat? My second slinging heat is has to do with, with your sweatshirt, man. And Nets and KD, on yes, bro. and how great yeah. our broadcasts are. Yes, and <laughs> how great KD is, and I think people forget because how how really how good he is, and um just watching him be back healthy. He's the best player in the East, and and arguably the best player in the league, and. You know, he's just been fun to watch over these past couple of weeks. And, you know, hopefully he just continues to get better. But I just want people to recognize and, and you know, understand his greatness. What's the thing about him when you watch him that, like, you go, damn, about the most? For me, that he's seven foot. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's one thing to be able to, to get your moves off. But, like, he's literally unguardable because he's seven foot. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, there's mm-hmm. you can't stop him because, like, there's, there's nothing you can really do. Just hope he misses the shot like he did at the end of the game the other day. Yeah, he... The thing that now watching him... Obviously, we've watched him forever, and but watching him even more closely and, and calling his games now, the thing that stands out most to me that I didn't realize is what a great passer he is. Like, he's a phenomenal passer. And, you know, he's selfless the way he plays. And I think when you have a guy like that... And look, the Nets have had... Although last night they were unbelievable against Utah, but the Nets have had uh, issues with their defense and with their rebounding, especially more so even their rebounding than their defense, because the defensive field goal percentage is actually pretty good. But they've given up a million second chance points. But offensively, they are ridiculous, and and, and you know obviously you have dynamic Hall of Fame talents, you know like Kyrie and KD. But I also think when you have a guy like KD who has that kind of talent but is selfless, like there's a real infectious nature, I think, in basketball for the rest of the guys then to make the right decision, mm-hmm. to just be willing to hit the open man. I think people don't understand his game in a way like he has a lot of LeBron in his game where he mm. can get everybody involved. Yeah. And I think he don't get enough credit for that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because people see how good of a scorer he is, and but he can integrate everybody into the game. Like he gets his buckets in the flow of the game. Like, yes. he never, ever, ever takes where, where he comes down the court and you're like, man, he's taking too many shots. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's just always within the flow of the game. And and that's that's a skill within itself to be able to, like, be that superstar talent, that, like that that crazy score, but be able to, to, like, to, like, flow in the game, if that makes sense. It's crazy. You know, dude, he's unbelievable to watch. And the thing for me is, like, we, we're seeing him look like this just a few games in, what what does he end up looking like when, you know, he has a season under him and he's totally back to, like, you know, all the little sort of, like, nuanced, rhythmic things of the game, you know? Like, this is what he is already, dude. What is he going to look like when he's got, whatever rust is left, even though it looks like there's none. But you know, just those like little things like where it's just like, okay, you know, getting back in the flow, whatever that he's talked about. I mean, by the time he hits May, you know, knock on wood, he's healthy, God willing. Oh my gosh. Like if he looks this good already, I mean, that's what you want, right? If you're the Nets, you want to just feel like he and Kyrie are flowing at their best, healthy going into the playoffs. And then you'll take your chances. You'll say, all right, we got a shot. And Karras is looking good too, you know, flowing in, flowing in the offense and like finding his place on the team too. So it's, I mean, shit's looking good for the Nets, bro. The rebounding is is a is a flaw they're going to have to deal with, 
And I feel the like de- the defense will pick up, though. Yeah, I think the defense will pick up, too. And seeing last night against Utah, who's a great rebounding team and just a really good team that was off to a good start, and seeing the way they were able to play with a couple rotation tweaks, like bringing in Bruce Brown and like just playing with a little more life and energy, that has me encouraged because what I like early in a season when you know you have championship possibilities is I like seeing it be obvious what you need, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, oh, okay, this is what we need. And especially with Spencer going down, which is a big loss, like it became obvious they need another like versatile athlete who defends, which maybe Bruce Brown ends up playing that role. And then they need a physical rebounder, which I don't think they have yet. But, you know, the guy I would love if Toronto ends up like really having a bad year and they're selling off pieces, I would love Aaron Baines. And I think mm-hmm. he would be a perfect fit on this Nets team. Perfect fit. Um, if you could acquire him, even if he costs a first rounder. So, but I like that for the Nets. It's like, okay, there are clearly things here that you can't teach that are great. Like that offense is special. KD and Kyrie look healthy. And maybe most importantly for one of those, like could have gone either way factors, Jared Allen is playing like an all-star center right now. He really is. And that's what I was about to say. I mean, even just like, you know, I talked about it on the broadcast when when we did it. He gets tough rebounds, like in traffic or he gets his hands on the ball, or even like last night with that pass he got from behind the back of Kyrie, like most guys would try to go up and lay that shit up. Like he dunked on Rudy Gobert, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like for him to even just go up with that confidence to even try to dunk that ball, just let you know that he's like, he's getting his feet up under him. Like his confidence is coming, you know, to where he's, like you said, turning into that all-star level center, which is which is awesome to see. I love that, man. I love that. And I love that the things they need are defined, which means you got time. Sean Marks has time to try and, you know, do what he has to do to uh, to supplement it. I, I, I love how into your nets you are, see? I'm into it, bro. I'm into it. I love it. I, I love it, man. All right, what you got for your third sling and heat? Man, a third sling and heat is something that we've been talking about all baseball offseason, that there is no fucking offseason, and there's nothing nothing going on besides – you know, this Blake Snell trade that, you know, we talked about uh, last week. But other than that, man, you know, there's been no news, um, you know, other than the Players Alliance pull-up neighbor tour, because we've been dominating the offseason. Like, <laughs> there's nothing else going on. Because, like, what the uh, what the fuck's happening? Like, I mean, they say we're starting on time. And if, if that's the case, you know, season's six weeks away. Um, and, and guys don't have teams. Like, what the fuck's going on? I don't love presenting problems without solutions. However, it's not my job to come up with the solution. So, <laughs> yeah, how the fuck are we gonna solve this? For yeah, baseball? Exactly. <laughs> right. So I, I will just instead identify the problem. <laughs> and you're right, man. The problem is, dude. I got someone. I forget who it was. Somebody texted me the other day who's like a sports fan, and they very innocently asked me, in almost like a sweet way. Hey, did I miss something with the baseball offseason? <laughs> I haven't seen free agency signings. And it, I, I was like, it was almost it was like adorable and and sad for the sport of baseball, I thought. Because, <laughs> Super sad. Yeah, because it was like, I was like, no, you haven't missed anything. Things just aren't happening, you know? Um, I think Jeff Passan did a huge thing on this. And look, I understand some of it is also ownership being reticent to spend dollars in the aftermath of COVID hits, which are very real financial losses for these businesses. But some of it has also been going on for a few years now, as far as the timeline goes. And we need, we just, we need an actual defined off season period. We need it. It's awful. This is awful. 
It has to be, and it has to be around, if baseball was smart, they were working around the winter meetings. Yeah, they would. You know what I'm saying? So to make the winter meetings a fucking attraction, like where guys are getting signed and free agents are going to the winter meetings and, you know what I'm saying? Like, like set it up where the signing period is from Thanksgiving until Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and just go crazy from then. And then after that, like, it's nothing. It, like, guys can just get ready to, to, to go for their season. But it's got to be some kind of way that baseball can, like, t- take over the headlines at that time. Because, because for one, football, it's at the end of the season. And it's, you know, like, playoffs are kind of really, um, you know, locked in at that time. And, you know, people are, you know, figuring out their fantasy football and shit. So it's like at the end of the football season, basketball is like, it's their Christmas games and all that stuff. So they're just getting started. And and baseball can to get, have a real opportunity to kind of get into that some of that news um, when the other sports aren't really dominating the headlines, and baseball can kind of you know slide in there and start getting some of these signings you know to be some of some some front page news. I totally agree. It, there has to be some condensed period of time. This has just been it's just been super. It's just it's meandering. It's, it's fucking like, boring. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's just like there's no. There's no juice in in it. There's no energy. There's no, you know, and I understand that sometimes it's like a product of, you know, certain assets. Like the Cole thing moved fairly quickly, right? Because it was Garrett Cole. Everybody wanted him, whatever, right? But, you know, I, and now people like debate more. Do I want to spend money on the, on the veteran or do I want to just go young, whatever. There has to be something done to make it a shorter period of time. Just it has to. It's got they got to figure it out because they are missing a huge opportunity from the entertainment aspect of their sport. They they it's just a huge missed opportunity. Yeah, and and when the when the offseason sputters like that and like a guy signs and and one guy signs at the end of October and another guy signs in January like you get the spring training you forget who's on what team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the way football works and the way basketball works like the Free agent uh, period happens, and then you're excited. Like, you're going to get people's jerseys and all this different shit, like, because it's happening all at one time. And yeah. baseball is so spread out that you forget what the fuck's happened. Like, and, yeah, until... You're, you're like, oh, this guy's on this team? This guy's not signed? Yeah. It's yeah, true, man. It's crazy, man. It sucks. Yeah, it does, man. Yo, one, uh, another thing outside of Sling and Heat that we have to talk about. Uh, were people actually slandering Steph Curry? Like, I saw... I, I I saw people acting like he was slandered, and I I didn't know that people were. But are people that's are they are people that sh- like like short sighted to not understand the greatness of Steph Curry? I'm I'm mystified yeah, by that. I, I mean, I definitely think people are that short sighted, one thousand percent. And they've been looking for a reason to you know try to kill this guy. But I hadn't heard anything. I, I mean, I think I heard Dame say something. And maybe that's why he kind of apologized after Steph cooked him. You know what I'm saying? But mm. um, nah, I mean, I, I, I hadn't I hadn't heard anything until he dropped 62, and then I heard everybody talking about you know he was getting slandered. So um, it's just you know I don't know. I mean they they haven't they haven't been playing well, so you know I can I can only imagine what people were saying. Um, but you know not having Clay out there and. You know, Wiseman, Jiang, and I mean, obviously, Draymond ain't going to give you a lot of offense. You know, he's out there by himself, basically. Right. Like, I mean, here's my thing. Like, uh, I mean, 
we do realize Steph Curry was the first unanimous MVP for a reason, right? Like he is a back to back, bro. He won back to back MVPs. He, he's, <laughs> like, right. He he is an all time, all time top fifteen all time NBA player with a yes. chance to get higher. He completely transformed the way the game is played. T- totally transformed it, and he did so with efficiency, with with style. He's he's better on the defensive end than he even gets credit for. He's a better rebounder than he gets credit for. And he won. Like, yes, once KD came, obviously that was a, a crazy super he team. He won before that, though. He won before that, exactly. Why did the Warriors become the Warriors? Because of Steph. Because, yeah. be, because of what Steph was, because of what he became, you know? And somebody like, sitting here, like, from the Bay that, like, watched that this group of Warriors, I, like, and, you know, I like I can sit here and say I was pissed when they traded Monte and yeah. they picked they picked Steph over Monte. You know what I'm saying? Like that was a big deal out in the Bay. And I always say that like people were pissed when Monte Ellis got traded, and and a lot of people won't admit that. You know what I'm saying? And but they obviously the Warriors knew what they had and they made the right choice because, like you said, this guy's a fucking top 15 NBA player of all time, guys. Yeah, <laughs> like period. Like I don't. Like, if anybody's got something bad to say about this guy, they're just fucking hating, cuz. That's it. That, th- that's what it is. I mean, if you look at, look at his 15-16 season. The guy averaged 30 points per game. He led the league in scoring. He led the league in steals. He also had seven assists per game, five and a half rebounds, led the league in free throw shooting at 91%, shot 50% from the floor, 45 from three. And led his team to 73 wins. I mean... You know what's crazy is that people didn't hate Steph and the Warriors until KD got there. Yeah, it's true. You know what I'm saying? And and that's not their fault that KD came there. Like, he wanted to come and play in the Bay. Like, but people people didn't... I don't think people hated the Warriors until KD went there. Like, people loved Steph and Clay and the Splash Brothers up until that point. And they had already... what They they won two without KD? They won one without KD. One. One. They would have won two. they They have three, right? Uh, they have three, yeah. They they would have won two had it not been for the bogus suspension on Draymond. On Draymond, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they in 2016, but they they won. I mean, ifs and buts, though. I get it. So I could hear Cavs saying, wait, "Hey, wait, hey, wait. no, no, that, no." Katie wasn't on that team when Drake when they lost, right? No, no, he no. wasn't on that team. But that okay. year, that year they were up three one. They would have won that. Yeah, they would have yeah. won that. They, they were rolling, and then no yeah. Draymond, and then the game six was home for Cleveland, and then game seven, which, which, which you know, hey, you won your title. However, you won it, you won it. You, you don't. You certainly don't. I mean, look, Cleveland had to play without Kyrie and Kevin Love in the finals the first time they the met. So yeah, yeah. So they but, certainly don't need to apologize for the Draymond suspension, but. But yeah, I was just I mean, trying to po- think of when the when the yeah. Steph when the Steph hate so, happened, but it didn't it didn't it didn't start until after the, until after KD got there. Right, exactly. And Steph won his title without, so it's like, you know, what the heck? And even like for the people, want, well, Andre Iguodala won that Finals MVP, not Steph. It's like, well, yeah, he won that Finals MVP because Steph was double teamed forty feet away from the hoop the entire Finals and decided to make the right play every time and set up. Four on threes over and over and over and over and over again, which led to the open shots Andre Iguodala was knocking down. Like, that's yeah, what happened and, in the 2016 finals. And he, and he was wore down because they started doing that in the Western Conference finals where they were picking them up, you know, before half, uh, before half court, double teaming them. 
And so he had to start making the right decisions then. So it really started in the Western Conference Finals. Like, it would it would happen late in the playoffs where they would start picking him up and he would have to start getting his passes off where he wouldn't score in 30 a night, you know, in those yeah. finals, in those, in those conferences. But he was the reason why they were winning. Yeah. Do, and even look at the way, you know, they won the Western Conference Finals uh, the final year KD was there while KD was hurt. You know, you know, Steph was able to lead them right through Houston the way that he did without KD, you know? Without um, KD. With, uh, with uh, it, I mean, just w- destroyed James Harden. Without, without, <laughs> and, and without, and and against Portland, without KD, just ran right through them, you know? So, yeah, I, 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 so I never understand it's, it's the Steph weird for me to, it's, it's, Yeah, and it's weird that, that Dame Lillard would have something to say. Too, you know. I mean, yeah. we're both fans of, of of Dame. Obviously, we love Dame. Yeah, but it, it, but, that, but that you know. Yeah, it, it's only because people are like, oh, you know, well, what's happened over the last couple of years? Well, first of all, Steph Curry played five games last year. He didn't play. <laughs> he, yeah, he didn't play. Secondly, you know, he is still without Clay Thompson this season, which is his running mate. We know nobody does it purely alone, and. And by the way, he has his Warriors four and three or whatever they are. You know, I mean, pretty. If he if that he gets that team, if he gets that team to the playoffs in the West without Clay this year, that's impressive. All right, that's another they, feather in his cap. That's impressive, but they ain't getting to the playoffs, guys. Not in the West. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I <laughs> don't think they tough. are either. But but man, Steph has been unbelievable. It's nice seeing him put up sixty two. Hey, I wanted to ask you this on the baseball front. How would you be prepping this offseason, like given COVID and, you know, knowing that there still has to be some sort of agreement between the union and and uh, and the league? You know, if there's going to be you know alterations to the beginning of this season as we start to vaccinate and everything else, how, how would you how would you be prepping? Would you be thinking like, oh, this season's going to start on time and doing all your normal stuff? Yeah, I, w- I would be doing all my normal stuff. I know myself. I would, you know, I would, I would try to think that everything was starting on time and, and prepare as everything was starting on time. Um, but man, what a shitty time to be like preparing for a season, not knowing if you're starting on time, not knowing if it's going to be fan, like just going through everything that they went through, you know, with the COVID last year and you know how tough that was, and maybe having to start under those circumstances again. Like fuck that, man. Like. Man, it's just it's just so rough right now to be an athlete and try to, you know, navigate this uh, and you know worrying about your family and different you know people you know spring training and where to live and renting houses and different things like it's just so much that goes into a baseball season um, and, and to add a pandemic on top of that just sucks, man. And trying to get ready, it, it just seems like it's just crazy. But I'm watching guys; everybody's getting ready, like like you know shit starting on time, so. You know, kudos to them, but I'm I'm gonna be watching from Instagram and and praying for these guys. But it's just it just seems rough right now. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I think I I would be I would be preparing like like normal. Yeah, I it, it's funny because every single decision we make, right? Everything we do, it's like a calculation right now, right? You don't just like you don't just go out to the store. You you know, okay, do I need to go to the store? Like, what do I need to get? I got to put on a mask. Like, you know, what I mean, every single thing. Now, training, obviously, as a professional athlete to get ready for a season, you know, obviously, infinitely better than I do, already requires a certain level of discipline, investment. Then you add on the, how do I even do this safely? You know, like, and and then the mental, like, wait, are we going to play on on time? You know, I mean, I could just see that making it really challenging to dive headfirst into your work. 
Yeah, and and you know, towards the end of my career, I was really into the gym. So like, you know, not being able to hit the gym every day or or hitting the gym but not feeling safe hitting the gym. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Yeah. It's just like, fuck, man. Like I need to go here, but then I don't want to get sick. Like it's just it's yeah. fucked up, man. Yeah. It's 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 a you you're in a fucked up spot, man. So, um, you know, I know a couple of guys that, you know, go down to Florida to train at this big facility. And, you know, a couple of guys got down there and thought it wasn't safe. You know, and was like, fuck it, I'm coming back home. But that's what they normally do to get ready for the season is they yeah. go down to Florida in December and January. But now, since you don't think it's safe, now you're back home. So maybe you don't think you're getting the level of training that you normally would get. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. just fucked up, man. So, eh, you know. Right. Then it's like, how are you getting ready? Are you ready? Yeah. You know? so, and, like, and then the, the worst thing you could do in your mind is is not think that you're ready. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah. you can work as hard as you want, but then if you don't think that you're ready, you're going to get hurt. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Oh, yeah. So it's it's, gonna it's be all bad. about, it's all about in your mind, if, you know, tricking yourself to, to feel like you're ready to go pitch for a season. 100%, man. One last thing for you. I just saw come across that uh, Governor Cuomo is going to be supporting online sports betting in New York. So, Ooh. yeah, so how now about you get that? to do FanDuel, cuz. I guess so, man. I guess so. How about that? Like, that's so, nice. that's so, I guess, you know what? I mean, look, the money that these states, especially New York, the, the debt that, that our state is facing in the aftermath of this pandemic, like, this is an easy way to make some money, you know? This so, is, this and legalizing marijuana. Yeah, that doesn't, that, <laughs> there, that, that's there a good way to make money, right too. There. That's a good way to make money too. All right, see, we were we were so bad with our NFL picks at the end of the season that we decided we will do our, our bet against each other for whoever ends up with the better playoff record of picks. But we're just going to pick the games outright. No lines. We're just picking winners. We're just picking the games. We're going to pick every playoff game, and we want you guys to participate. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to tweet at us, at R2C2, okay, at Ryan Rucco, at what do you, you have an underscore in your Twitter handle at CC underscore Sabathia? Is that what it is? Um, on I Twitter? Think, yeah, I think it oh, is. No, right? you, would, you would know that. Boy, uh, better than uh, I, I, I think it is. At CC underscore Sabathia, you're going to tweet at us with what you think our bet should be for whoever ends up with the worst record. It, you know, it can be something the loser has to do something or the winner gets something. We'll accept both proposals, but we're going to have you guys sending those in throughout the next, you know, I guess three or four weeks, and then before the Super Bowl, we'll decide what the winner or loser will get. But C and I are going to pick every single game of the playoffs, just real quick, just so we can actually have this competition after our absolutely pathetic showing during our, our FanDuel pick. I thought I was really good, cause at, at betting, I, I'm not. I'm no. not really. I'm not. I'm not good at gambling, cause yeah. But at least I know that. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I don't, I don't go to Vegas to gamble. I'm not like a big crap table i don't i don't you know i don't i don't do any of that but i thought i was really good at nfl betting i guess i'm not it's important to know that it's very important to know your to know your fucking strengths and weaknesses very important as a person super important super important uh sadie zillow chimes in it is at cc underscore sabathia so there we go oh there Um, we go all right first of all it's amazing that we have three triple headers this weekend nfl playoffs I love that. Just by adding the one seed, we get three triple headers, which is incredible. So, C, let's start with Colts at Bills, Rams at Seahawks, Bucks at Washington. Who you got in the Saturday games? I'm going Bucks. 
Okay. Um, what was the what was the second one? Rams at Seahawks. I'm going Seahawks. Cut. Wait. Yeah, I'm going Seahawks because uh, golf's thumbs fucked up. Okay. And that other, that other guy was in the a, the AAAF, whatever the fuck that league was. <laughs> and then Colts at Bills. I like the Bills, cuz. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to disrespect Mahomes, but I like yeah. the Bills, cuz. I like Allen, the Bills. Allen is nasty, man. He is a he beast, cuz. He's a and, beast. And, and he's got a cannon. Like, oh, ridiculous. And he's confident with it. Like, he, I mean, I don't know. It's, he, he, he's got like a, he's my, like, a, like a John Elway. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Man. Like an old yeah. school quarterback. Like, yeah. I like, I like Josh Allen a lot. All right. I, I got, I, I actually, Oh, it's funny because I love Russell Wilson so much, and but the Rams defense, the Rams are the Rams sort of defense a, is so good, and they're sort of a kryptonite for the Seahawks. Like, they are the, the Rams are really good against the Seahawks, but they can't beat the Cardinals. Like that I division know. is weird. It's weird, but I'm still uh, because of the, I'm I'm actually gonna I'm definitely taking the Bucks against Washington. I'm definitely taking the Bills. Uh, I'm gonna. Mm. That's gonna be a good game too. Uh, the Rams. Rams too. Oh yeah, it's man. gonna be like seventeen to nine or some yeah, shit like dude. that. You know what I'm you know saying? What? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick Seahawks. I'm gonna stick Seahawks. So we all we agree on the Saturday games. Sunday: Ravens at Titans, Bears at Saints, Browns at Steelers. Man, I like Tennessee, and I and I love Lamar Jackson, and I'm a I'm a Baltimore fan. I like Harbaugh, but I just think Derrick Henry this year. You know, it's just been special. Um, mm -hmm. And I think he'll be able to carry them, you know, and, and just watching the way teams have been able to play defense against Baltimore, I think they figured out that you can just kind of zone them up, not rush a lot and just zone them and and uh, and, and just kind of let Lamar make mistakes. So we'll see. But I like Tennessee. All right. I, I In that game, I actually like Baltimore. I, I love Tennessee as a team. They're so well coached. They're unbelievably well coached. But I really like the way Baltimore was playing over the last few weeks. I thought going into the season they were a potential AFC favorite. They did not Me get too. off to that start. But I, I, I and I love Tennessee. I love. I think this is going to be an incredible game. Like this is a game usually I feel like you'd you'd want to see on divisional weekend, not wild card weekend. But I'm actually going to break with you there, and I'm going to take Baltimore in that game against Tennessee. Uh, Chicago at New Orleans. I mean, we're both taking New Orleans in this game, right? Blowout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, see, I don't see that being anything close. Although Trubinsky actually played well at the end of the season, but stop it. Okay, uh, and, and then the Browns with their first playoff appearance since 2002. They are at Pittsburgh, NBC Sunday night, 8:15. Who you got, see? Man, I really want to pick uh, Cleveland. Um, first time in the playoffs since 2002. But they got to go to fucking Pittsburgh, because, like, the division rival. I don't think they won a game there. I don't think they. I don't think Cleveland's won there since 2003. Like, mm. so, I mean, you know, first time in the playoffs and you got to fucking drive to Pittsburgh. That's going to suck to do that. But I, I, think, I think Pittsburgh's going to win at home, because... You know, the thing, one of the things that I, that's a factor for me is the head coach being out because of COVID, you know, and, and, like, and their building being closed, maybe, you know, today and maybe even tomorrow. Yep. And you have a pro one of their Pro Bowl linemen's out, too. I think, you know, I honestly, if that wasn't the case, I would have picked Cleveland. But because it really? is the case, on the road, too. Yeah, I would have because wow. Pittsburgh has looked that bad to me. 
in recent weeks. Uh, and I still am tempted to take Cleveland because Cleveland has played that well to me uh, over recent weeks. But those are such difficult circumstances, I think, to overcome, plus being at Pittsburgh, um, that I will, I, I'll take the Steelers. So the only difference we have in our week, uh, our wild card weekend picks is the Ravens Titans game. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and what we end up might end up doing after this weekend, if you know, to differentiate ourselves a little bit, is putting a point total like on each game. So like you know, the one you have the most confidence in, you wager you know, six points on, five points on, just so there's more separation in our in our picks. But for this week, we'll just pick winners and then maybe we go that way moving forward. Um, see, that's it. That's all, man. That is it. That's all. I'm going to finish my leg sleeve, guys. I got to oh. go back to uh, to get to, to finish my tats. All right. You you be safe, my friend, while you're getting that tat, all right? Definitely. Wear, mask you, on. Yeah, ma- <laughs> that's it. That's it. Mask on. And I, uh, I'm, I'm happy that we're back in 2021, new year. We hope, you know, everybody has a, a fresh, optimistic perspective. I know January is going to be a, a rough month for all of us, but, you know, continue to stay safe, stay healthy, stay smart. And, uh, and, you know, we'll be back with new episodes every single Thursday, bonus episodes as well. Some fun stuff coming up this year. We appreciate the heck out of all of you. You guys are what makes this podcast happen. So make sure you're spreading the word to all you know and love and uh, follow us on Spotify, R2C2. Peace. <laughs>